an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get Unlimited access to our vcin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top vcin experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which vcin expert has the hot hand. For vcin pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a vcin pro subscriber today. Sign up for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out with Mike Palm here, filling in for Michael Lombardi, who will be back tomorrow morning from his trip to Boston. Uh, right now, the NBA Finals going on. We're going to get to the NFL in a little bit, but just a quick little primer for the NBA Finals later on this evening. Game number four coming up on us fast because we've been getting these two days off in between games. Now we only get one day off with the game being in South Beach. But the Denver Nuggets up 2-1 in the series. Three-and-a-half-point favorites total at 2-11. So the total's been kind of bouncing back and forth here. There was some under money coming in early, but looks like some people have played the over here. Uh, what are your kind of early thoughts here, Game 4 coming up later on this evening? Well, you know, it was interesting in the series because Denver was bet heavily by a lot of sharps. And uh, the price we had here, the most popular bet was Denver minus the game and a half. That closed at minus 190. Denver, think think about that. Minus one ninety. Not a lot of confidence in Miami. They beat us in game one. The the betters they had they 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 bet the money line. They laid the points. They win it all. They came back with Miami in the points in game two and they won. Wow. We did win game three because they came with Miami in the points in game three. I'm interested to see which way the betting is going to go in this game four because I'm not sure yet. And the early indications are are pretty balanced action. But obviously mm-hmm. you'll get the majority of the money coming in late tomorrow afternoon, just like the NFL games, 90% of the money in the yeah. last 30 minutes. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not an NBA better. It just to me, to the I said after the first round was complete and Boston was out that Denver just looked like the best team to me. I, I think their offense flows. I mean, Djokovic is so good, and they got the wing shooters. They got guys that can go to the basket. Um, 
I was surprised in game two, you know, they couldn't close. They had to run at the end of the third, but they couldn't close. Miami's been the better team in the fourth quarter in all these games. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty interesting, and maybe it speaks to Spolstra. But interesting, I could I can't bet I can't bet Miami. I mean, even though you, you look at the stats with the home, the road or the home team as a, as a dog and and what that is in the playoffs, it bucked the trend with Denver covering in Game Three. So I would lean Denver here, but I'm most likely not going to get involved. It's it's interesting. We have a lot of action on the totals here too. Um, you know, I, we had a we had a huge bet on the second half total, and they just needed one more bucket. They they didn't Oof. get there, and then when they put Haslam in, I go, I wonder if they're going to let him just get a layup. And they, they, they let him shoot. have an open jump, yeah. and then they got the rebound. So had, we had to fade two <laughs> shots, but I thought they're just going to let him go to the basket and score. I was like, Jamal Murray was like not even <laughs> yeah, playing defense. I was like, what is this like a, a spring game? Like yeah. what are we doing? It's the NBA Finals. Now, granted, the game was over, but it just felt kind of mm-hmm. weird. In the NBA Finals game, it's like an honorary shot there for Udonis Haslam, <laughs> um, but. I wanted to ask you, though, just about this Miami team because I almost think in a sense that we were both right and wrong about them simultaneously because I know the betting market has been anti-heat throughout this postseason because all the underlying metrics from the 82-game sample size has been, hey, this is an 8C. This is a team that just historically makes zero sense to be a title-winning kind of team. And at times, we see games where it's like, okay, that's the regular season Miami Heat. But then game two, or even like that fourth quarter in game two, where it's like, oh my goodness, like where did this come from? Or that whole series against Boston, or even the series against Milwaukee. The New York one, I think that was more evenly matched or so. But like, I think simultaneously, in a weird way, we were right and wrong about this Heat team. I think it was JVT I was listening on the network talking about, are we making a fallacy using regular season metrics in evaluating the playoffs? Is a load-managed 82-game season where most of these teams, are the goal is just to get into the the bracket and see what you can do, get into the play, even if it's in the play-in rounds. Are we relying too heavily on that in our handicaps? And you maybe you can make an argument for that. I mean, obviously yeah. the NFL, it's not because every game is very important. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, baseball is such a large <clears throat> sample size that it tends to be true, but we know that hot teams coming into a baseball playoff can do it. Hockey, you know, hockey is, I mean, here you, you have it's a, a one West. seed in one against an eight seed in the other, and it's virtually a pick series just based on home ice, right? I mean, yeah. Could you imagine that? Like if the Chiefs played the last wild card of the NFC, I mean, they'd be a 10-point Super Bowl favorite. It'd be a pick-up. Chiefs playing one. I mean, it's just... I'll take my it, homes. It, it's, it's amazing how it can be. So uh, it, it's interesting. They are very well coached, though, right? They, they, seem to, they seem to get teams to, like, just do stupid things in the fourth quarters of these games and not foul and not run any sort of offense. So credit to them. But I think uh, here it, it's really tough for them to, to overcome Denver. Maybe they can get another game. I know people... The most commonly bet was four two, right? Mm-hmm. For pe- for people here, maybe it ends up that way. They get they get another game here, but I, I would be shocked if the Heat come back and win this. And and I, you know, I don't like to lay big numbers, but even I don't think eight dollars is out of line for Denver to win the series either. Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough for me to lay that just because injuries can always yeah. happen. You never know. But I have a Nuggets and five ticket, so I'm just sweating oh, that out. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, if they can at least get this game number four, well, you're in great shape. Because you could come back the other way then exactly. with the Heat. I'll just play yeah. the Heat with the points. Yeah. You know, hopefully yeah. middle it. You know, because oh, yeah. game five with Denver's is going to be like what, like that seven ish range, eight range or so, eight eight and a half. Yeah, again. Eight, if they so, win tonight, eight yeah. eight and a half. Yeah. So come back, maybe they win or by six night. in game five in the mm-hmm. closeout game. Closeout games are the toughest games to win. That's what they always say. So you know, maybe I can go ahead and shoot for that middle there. So that's what we're rooting for. So rooting for Denver coming up later tonight. We'll break the game down more in depth coming up in hour number two. But while we have some time here, I wanted to hit some of the NFL news and notes that we've seen over the past couple of hours one of which is 
all-pro free agent wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Now, we know that Hopkins is meeting with the Tennessee Titans. That came out a couple days ago. But earlier this morning, it was announced that he's going to also take a visit to the New England Patriots, which I think is really interesting given the fact that New England's offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien, who is with Hopkins in Houston and as the head coach traded him for a running back and a second round pick. Do you think that this could work in New England with Hopkins maybe going back and reuniting with Billy O? I'm, I'm, to me, the question is, does Hopkins have reservations about the relationship with Bill O'Brien? But I yeah. guess, you know, if he thinks he has an opportunity to succeed and the money is right, you can overcome maybe, maybe. some bad feel, hurt feelings <laughs> from, from yeah. your previous time together. And, you know, you know, O'Brien was just so bad as a GM. I mean, obviously, he's more highly regarded as a coach. Tennessee, I mean, the need is there. Uh-huh. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Tennessee, I would think, would be if you if you had a market on it, be the favorite to where he would end up. But um, I'm sure, Michael has uh, has a, has more information. I, I almost think Michael's busier right now than once the season gets started. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> with, with the moving and shaking, all the move, and that's what he yeah. did. I mean, that's what he did, putting together rosters and and, and working with uh, and working with head coaches to uh, try to put the pieces together. And then the the finances of sports to me is the amazing thing. All the rules that they have and, and, and how the finances are affected on different teams and different leagues and revenue sharing. I mean, that's, I, I need to get more of a grip on that. Cause I think understanding that more helps you as a, as a future's better. Oh, it does. Cause you can see what's capable, you mm-hmm. know, and like the, the salary cap gymnastics that these teams will be doing. It's like, Oh, well we can push this about, money and void these how years. How about soccer? Oh. Barcelona can't get him. So let's have Miami sign him. Then we loan him. And then he comes back and finishes his career. Where's Miami going to play their games? They have an eighteen thousand seat stadium. That place is going to be sold out. <laughs> you can't. You got to charge a thousand a ticket. They have to. They've got to go move it and, and play at, at Joe Rod, whatever they call yeah. it, the pro play or hard, whatever. Hard rock, hard rock, whatever it is. Now they got to. They, I think they, they can, can put sixty, seventy thousand people. Hundred percent. Camp Nui in, in Barcelona, hundred thousand people. I mean, yeah. it's great for MLS though. Yeah. How about the just like the week it's been for Miami? Yeah, your teams. Oh. Stanley Cup final, NBA final, and oh, just maybe the greatest soccer player ever is going to come and play for Inter Miami. We're talking a, a year and a half or so ago about Tampa Bay could have a shot to win it all. With, you know, when the Lightning were still yeah. in and Brady's with the Bucks and the Rays, and now, now it's just shifted south where where Miami's the hotbed of everything. Yeah. Party in the city where the heat is on. You know, that's what Will Smith once said. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. I took a bad beat. I had Gloria Stefan for the national anthem last night. Lost right away. <laughs> I guess they're saving it for game four. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know which game four. One of them, either the NBA right. Finals or the Stanley Cup Final. She's going to make an appearance, that's for sure, though. But back on the Hopkins front, mm. uh, a team that we've talked about, and actually at DraftKings, they ended up becoming the favorite, was the Cleveland Browns because Hopkins' relationship with Deshaun yeah. Watson. I mean, those are two Clemson guys. They didn't play at Clemson together, but they can know each other from those Clemson ties. Obviously played together in Houston. Watson has come out and said that he he would love to have DeAndre Hopkins on board. Andrew Barry, the general manager, they, he just has to go ahead and get it done. Do you think Hopkins at this point can be a productive player for a team? And not know it's necessarily kind of take you over the hump, but just be a good addition to a team that is kind of contending. I think so because you're, he's he's going to garner attention, and and mm-hmm. I think it opens it up for your opposite side receiver. It, it it's always tandems, right? I mean, it's very hard for just a when you have one stud on a team to do it all. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no Irvin if there's not the Harper threat on the other. It's it's all these. Okay. And there's a difference between being a number two and a number one, but all these parts are complementary. So I think he absolutely adds dimension to an offense if you can bring him in. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be interesting to see where he signs. He's obviously not the all-pro caliber DeAndre Hopkins that he once was because I think he'd be on a team by now if he was. 
But he's going to be a productive like wide receiver number two. I almost kind of liken it to Anquan Bolden when he was at the tail end of his career, playing in the slot, being that big physical receiver. Because Hopkins is never one with speed, so I think he can be a receiver that ages pretty well. They've got great hands. I Still mean, the hands don't fail him. You know what I mean? Exactly. So if you get the ball near him, he's going to catch it. Yeah, no, he's got, got great hand-eye coordination, one DeAndre Hopkins. You know who else has a great hand-eye coordination? Josh Towers. It's our buddy Josh Towers, <laughs> World Series champion with the New York Yankees, former MLB pitcher. He'll join us in studio next here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place the same game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NBA Finals game. And if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $50 back in bonus bets. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today to get started. Take the court with confidence when you parlay with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for T's and C's. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe, Mike Palm, Josh Towers hanging out with us in studio, former MLB pitcher, World Series champion, and now VEASAN baseball analyst here. And we were heading to break last segment, Josh, and I teed it up there. The Cincinnati Reds and their rock star rookie, mm. Ellie De La Cruz. And it's a lot of hype for a guy who's only played in three Major League Baseball games, but through three games, it looks like he might be to have that potential to live up to it. What are your early impressions on Ellie De La Cruz, a guy that we've all been buzzing about since the start of AAA season, now heading now where he's in the bigs, and he had that really good series against L.A.? A lot of hype. I mean, it's I was – I watched – like, first off, the call-up. You know how they do it sometimes? They get the video in AAA, and just watching Ellie De La Cruz's reaction in the airport – uh, wherever they were headed in AAA, it's never fun travel there. But watching his reaction, it wasn't like it was expected. It wasn't like he was a major star, like it was about time. It was like he was authentically caught off guard that he was going to the big leagues. And he's the biggest young star probably in the game of baseball. I Watching him hit, it's well, watching him play every position, but watching him hit is impressive to me. I told you off air, there's, there's certain guys that come up that are always generational talents that you know people gawk at. Vlad Guerrero was one, obviously. Trout was another. With us players, we don't get caught up in that too much, but then every now and again we're caught off guard that somebody can be so good, the Shohei Otanis of the world, and Ellie De La Cruz looks like that to me, where it's just, I want to kind of turn in and see him hit or see him play, which doesn't happen very often, I think, because you look at it differently, but then you get you get sidetracked every now and again, and, and the awe of this kid is amazing. Um, I was also telling you guys between break, he handles the ball, his hands are so good up. And anything up, mistake, fastballs up. We can't hit a fastball the other day. It was probably up here near the numbers. You don't, guys don't catch that ball very often, right? I can get that by you. Even my fastball can get that by you. 98, 99, you're not catching. He is turning around. So what does that do? It lets me know there's a hole somewhere else. And so I think Clayton Kershaw, being a veteran of the game, kind of exploited that last night. Also, you know, being left-handed and it switched him around. But he had three strikeouts versus a guy that goes, okay, I'm not going to try to match power power. I'm going to try to outsmart you. And is the rest of the league going to to be willing to do that? Or they're not going to be willing to do that? And is Ellie Cruz going to be able to stay patient enough to say, okay, I know I hit that ball just about out of the stadium in Cincinnati the other day, but am I willing to do that to the other side of the ballpark? And if he can start doing that the opposite way, then he's going to be even more dangerous than any of us think. Love him. Do you think he can catch Corbin Carroll for NL Rookie of the Year? Because right now, Carroll's the odds-on favorite, minus 135. De La Cruz, I mean, he's played three games. It's so he go, he, hard. Three weeks, four weeks ago, he was like 50-1. to one. Now he's 3-1 to one to an NL Rookie of the Year. Can he make up that ground that Carroll has built up? I mean, he's, is that current today after three strikeouts last night? That didn't change? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the hype is crazy. But the, how are, are you him. plus $3 and you're three games in in June? <laughs> how is there enough time to win? Does, does longevity not mean anything for something like that? Like, so you're going to play just about half the year, a little over half the year. And, and I, I, no, I'm going to need that number to go way up to take a shot at that. That's crazy. Corbin Carroll's legit, huh? He looks good. Man. How fast is he? Shout out to Seattle, Washington, by the way. Awesome yeah. player, man. Fast. He hustles. He doesn't ever, he doesn't ever, like, pimp. He doesn't ever watch it. He's gone. I, I love this kid. And again, you, you, so we, we look at the Zach Gallons of the world, we look at some of these other pitchers that they have over there in Arizona, and that's where the reason why they're in first place, but it's not. It's guys like Corbin Carroll, and again, it's not what he is, numbers-wise, what he's doing. It's that energy. It's the fact that he hustles every play. It's the fact that, like, he 
brings out and we're seeing it in Cincinnati again with that other kid who hit the walk-off homer the other night we're seeing an energy that they haven't had that's exciting everybody their teammates around them it's it's, it's raising the level of play and I think that's what Corbin Carroll's hustle does more than anything in Arizona they put a lot of pressure on you with the stolen bases and now the rules are designed for the stolen bases you can't throw over the bigger bases it's hard to throw runners out it really is and then they get runners on base and it's a constant pressure you know? Wow, you know what's crazy is I kind of saw it the other way with the thing. I feel like it made it a little bit easier to control the running game. The you, bigger bases you think so when hurt. you can't only throw over the, twice? The bigger bases hurt. Yeah, but it's not about if you really look at how to hold runners, picking off is the last thing I ever want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? The least amount I when I pick off, all I'm doing is going, okay, here's my move. It only gets slightly better if I give you my best move. What? Uh a foot difference, maybe. There's a handful of guys that even have decent pickoff. Right, right, Burley, and I yeah. mean, you don't even because Lefties, the, you right? can't do it. Yeah, you can't. Pettits. We don't have the pedants <laughs> yeah, anymore. Don't. We don't. So all I'm doing by picking off is letting you know how much further you can get or what timing you need to get off me. The last thing I want to do is pick off. So when I learn to change my times or give me your whole times or like you wait or get you impatient or get your body long enough to work again. How do I? This is the easiest thing in the world to me. Hitters get what they get. The, they get to the step out one time. One time, and they got to be gotta back clock. in when it's eight. Right, and yeah. so all I have to do is hold as long as I want. The runner at first base cannot call timeout, because we've never ever seen it. Maybe he can. I don't know. We've never no, tried it. He can't call timeout. So all I do is hold. He doesn't want to waste his, his time, or maybe he already used it. And so what is he going to do after four or five seconds? He's going to get heavy. He's going to stop his movement, his feet. I don't care how big your lead is. At that point, when your weight goes towards the ground, you can no longer jump towards second. So if you were stealing, you're not going to go. And if you still go, it's not a good move on your play because my catcher's just going to throw you out. So for me, holding runners become, has become such an easier thing to do, and it makes the hitter's hands do the same thing. They start to get heavy. They start to drop. They start to relax. And at that point, you can't fire. So then I'll either pitch, and you have no lead, and then your hands got in a bat. I can feel like I can abuse both of these guys at the same time, but I don't think it's looking at – I don't think pitchers are looking at it like that. I think in spring training they messed around with it. I think Kelly did. I think Scherzer did. But I don't think they're using it to their advantage enough. I think it really helps. While we have the, the West standings up. What do we got? Five to one on the Diamondbacks to win this division. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't, the Dodgers are not the Dodger they teams aren't. we've seen. No. I think the Diamondbacks can win this division. I think five to one is a decent price. That's a big price. <laughs> That's a big I think it should be more like three to one, honestly. Yeah. But I, I, Really? Kershaw's won eight games. He's great. Kershaw, let, let's just say this, Can he Josh. stay healthy? And can we say this? We focus on his playoff failures, especially against mm-hmm. the Cardinals. The guy's the best pitcher of our generation. He 288. Okay, nobody gets to 200 wins with 88 losses. No. His ERA amongst 200 game leaders is second only to Walter Johnson. Every year I mean, he's supposed to be good, I mean, just look right? at this guy, and now oh, throwing 91, he's 8-4. and four. I mean, the guy's his incredible. His IQ's above. Uh, like, he's learned to pitch on stuff, but he's always learned. He was, he was the leader of our clubhouse at 22 years old. Again, Manny Ramirez, mm-hmm. Garrett Anderson, Andre Ethier, Matt Kemp. Like, all these guys, there's way more names than that. All these guys, and he was the leader. Like, they followed him at 22 years old, and he's still doing this at this. I don't know about Arizona, y'all. Sorry, jumping shit. I don't know. Like, to win the division, they're one game back. I get it. The Dodgers' bullpen's god-awful. Off. They need starters to go deep. He doesn't. Gonsolin can't go deep. He, no, they're not. And the offense is nowhere near what we had expected. They're trotting Grove and Syndergaard and all these guys that are unproven. Out this. They need Urias to be better. He's been inconsistent. As soon as they get somebody back or they go get somebody, Noah's out. All right, we, got, we got under two minutes. I wanted to talk about AL Cy Young race. McClanahan's the favorite, Cole's second. 
Anybody outside the two of them winning the Cy Young? Um, how about Gosman? I mean, he's got 113 strikeouts. No he's one's close. He's got 82 innings. He's up top there. Like, what, what, do we have Gosman's numbers anywhere right now? He's been unbelievable lately. Well, he's like 10 or 12. I never flinch on like Nathan Evaldi well, because he he's seven now. Is he really? I want to say he, that he's Framber seven. I know Framber seven. Eight, to yeah, win. I know you talked about them. Eight, eight Nathan Evaldi. No. I've never. He's never won more than 12 games in a season. I don't think. Like, I don't know how you can ever. But. I, I, Terry Pendleton always told me this. He goes, there's two things that happen when you go home. You're either really good or you're really bad. There's no in-betweens because you're always hosting. And Nathan Avaldi went home, but this is so far into his career, so much money made, so much failures and successes that he's probably more comfortable now, it appears, than ever before. And so this is the one time that I might consider an Avaldi bet. You were a pitching coach in the Mets organization. Yeah. Let's say you get a job as a pitching coach for a major league team and your manager and GM comes to you and says, I would give you one guy. Tell me your wish list to go out and get for to, to head your rotation from that list. From who, that list, who would it be right now? Who's the youngest? Come oh, on, man, just put them all in a hat. I'll take Joe Ryan It's well, probably McClanahan, given yeah? his age. Because of the age. Just because of the age. How about Framber? I want Framber, but yeah. I don't know how old he is. But he's yeah. my favorite pitcher on that Framber. list. Yeah, oh, yeah. just ninety-six <laughs> sink straight yeah. downhill. It's almost impossible. <laughs> I got Luis Castillo. He's doing all right in Seattle. I love Luis. Yeah. He's, he's playing well. Padres should have got him instead of Soto. I'm telling you. Maybe the Mariners will turn things around. You should be their GM. <laughs> Josh, thanks for hanging out with us for two segments. He is Josh Towers. Check him out all across the network here. We'll be back on the other side. Vinny Maiulo joins us next to start hour number two here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a smarter sports better with a VSEN Pro subscription for a limited time sign up for just $9.99 and get full access to everything we do, which includes daily pro picks and all the summer action like NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our top team of handicappers and industry experts, 24-7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting split showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out on our lowest intro price of the year. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. He's Mike Palm. I'm Femi Abedfe. We're hanging out at the Circa Resort and Casino here on this Friday. And joining us now, our final guest here on the program, covers the Denver Nuggets for Altitude Sports Radio in Denver. It's the one and only Nate Kreckman joining us here on the Lombardi line. Nate, we appreciate you joining us here this morning. Obviously, a big, big weekend here with the Denver Nuggets. Two wins away from an NBA title, first time in franchise history. Is it safe to say that through three games that the Nuggets have cracked the code that is the Miami Heat? I'm not ready to go there yet because I got to give Eric Spolstra and Miami an awful lot of credit. They made very good adjustments for game two. Um, I Believe it or not, despite a 15-point loss, I think there were some things that they did in game three that were effective. And I'm always worried about a Miami team that has been the best shooting team in these entire playoffs coming off a 31% game uh, to perhaps bounce back and get back to game two type of levels when they shot 49% from three and they made 17 triples in this game. So, look, the Nuggets are are better than Miami, but when it comes to code cracking, I'm not going to write off Eric Pulse. Nate, I want to ask about, uh, from a betting perspective, how you would attack this game tonight. We're seeing uh, across the board some Nuggets money come in, pushing this number to three and a half. 
Perhaps it'll get to four in some spots. A very popular way to bet the series has been Jokic props. Obviously, he had the historic game the other night. Um, the prop before that at a plus price that he'd averaged 16 rebounds. He's got that up to 14 with the 21 the other night. Tonight, it sits at 12.5 rebounds, 30.5 points, and 10.5 assists. Any outlook on the game aside a total or maybe a Jokic prop? Um, well, Nikola Jokic is going to get an awful lot of rebounds. You can definitely count on that. Um, he had 21 rebounds in game three, which was just absolutely absurd. Um, Aaron Gordon, um, had a good rebounding game. He pulled down 10 in that game and maybe, and I've been taking a look at, uh, at Aaron Gordon's rebounding prop, uh, coming into this matchup as perhaps favorable at six and a half. Michael Porter Jr., at six foot ten is an excellent rebounder on that front line for the Denver Nuggets, um, but he can't buy a bucket. He has been shooting just miserably. He's three of nineteen from three in this series. He was one of seven from the floor, and he only played twenty two minutes in Game Three. So um, Aaron Gordon's rebounding prop is is one that I take a look at right now. Now it's at minus one twenty on the over six and a half, but he had ten boards in Game Three, and if Porter has another night struggling to shoot the basketball. You'd be looking at Bruce Brown getting a lot of his minutes in the second half. Bruce Brown, you know, only at six foot four. This could be a big rebounding night for Aaron Gordon. Um, but on top of that, the biggest rebounding battle is the one that exists between Nikola Jokic and Bam Adebayo. And that's something to uh, to certainly take a look at. Bam's number, I think, is a ten and a half rebounds coming into this game. I mean, he's coming off of a 17 rebound game that he was able to put together um, there in game three. So. Um, he's a big part of what they have to do. They're not a particularly big team. Bam's going to get a lot of those boards. We're speaking with Nate Crackman, host at Altitude Sports Radio in Denver here on the Lombardi line. Nate, at the end of game three, Jamal Murray was kind of flexing that left hand. It's his off-shooting hand. He had a wrap on it at the end of game three. Is everything good with Jamal Murray right now? Like, Should we expect him to be compromised in this game going forward, or was it just kind of a twisted up the hand a little bit there at the end of the game? Started around the second quarter, our buddy Mike Singer of the Denver Post tweeted a picture of it out. Uh, floor burn was what Jamal Murray suffered. Um, be, uh, d- don't look at the picture if you're eating breakfast or lunch or anything <laughs> like that. It's it's gross. Um, but I think he's going to be okay. I saw him flexing it a little bit um, in the second quarter of that game. It did not impact him at all. Still shot over 50%. Still scored 34. He had 10 rebounds. He had 10 assists. Uh, Jamal Murray's tough as hell. This is a guy who, you know, growing up in, in Kitchener, Ontario, doing wall sits outside when it was 10 degrees and his dad putting cups of piping hot tea on his lap. I don't think he's going to let a little floor burn bother him for game four of the NBA final. Nate, uh, Mike Malone has been there eight years as the head man lending stability. Basically, it's a team of players drafted by the Nuggets not really a team of mercenaries. How popular is this team in the Denver market? Are they clearly second to the Broncos? I know the Avalanche have had a lot of success. Uh, I don't know if you've seen what the Broncos have done in recent years. I mean, <laughs> in terms of popularity, okay. I will tell you this. Denver sports fans like this Nuggets team a hell of a lot more than they like the Broncos. Um, I can tell you that because, uh, look, Nikola Jokic is um, – Two-time MVP, best player on the planet, one of the most likable people in the world. Um, it, it's this the town has really wrapped their arms around these guys. You know, they have really taken on that chip on the shoulder identity, um, sort of embodied the 
And look, I, I didn't grow up here, but I've been here for two decades now covering sports. And I can tell you this, Denver sports fans have an inferiority complex, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the forgotten time zone, um, not on the coast, overlooked, flyover city. In terms of an NBA town, the Nuggets have never been uh, a magnet for big-name free agents or anything else like that. So you're absolutely right about the roster construction right here. Um, but the team has really embraced all of that, and and they are homegrown. Jokic is a second-round pick. Jamal Murray picked seventh. Michael Porter Jr. picked 14th. You know, savvy trades to bring Aaron Gordon and KCP. Bruce Brown overlooked Christian Brown. You know, late first round draft pick. Like, these are the rotation guys that are on this team. And the fans have wrapped their arms around them. They love them. Um, and, and Nuggets fever is, it, it's, it's better than I've ever seen it in this town. And it's really, really cool. How many games does Denver need to win this finals? Um, well, they, <laughs> they need two more wins and they'll get to four and that would give them an NBA championship. If I'm understanding the question, correct. Well, no, I was saying how many, like, is it going to be in five? Is it going to be in six? Is oh, it, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I bet six before the series. Um, I think it's going to be six tonight is the game that makes me nervous. I think they're going to play a lot better on their home floor in game five here on Monday. Tonight's the game that makes me nervous. They win tonight, it's over in five. Um, if not, I think they finish it off in six. Maybe Miami's got one more counterpunch in them, uh, but that's kind of what I'm looking at. And I want to turn the focus. Um, let's stay away from the Broncos. I want to <laughs> sure. turn the focus to Boulder and the Colorado Buffaloes. Oh, sure. Yeah, because there's, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously Coach Prime has generated uh, the most buzz in that organization or that school since Coach McCartney uh, took him to uh, a national championship in a dominant position in the Big Eight. What's the outlook for this team? What's the long-term plan on what he can do with Colorado? And then what are you hearing about the future of the Pac-12? Um, in terms of the future, I think that Colorado has gotten a good eye on the sinking ship that is the Pac-12. And look, they're, they're not dumb. They've seen what, what happened with Larry Scott. As soon as SE and UCLA jumped ship um, and made the Pac-12 a tenuous situation at best, there's big-time money in the Big 12. I think Colorado had big visions for their move to the Pac-12. It didn't work out. I can't completely blame the conference because this has been arguably the worst program in all of the Power Five over the last decade and a half. Um, so Colorado could have done themselves an awful lot of favors by winning. In terms of Dion and and the long term, I don't know, man. I, there's <laughs> just a... It's a gigantic wait and see that's going on right there. Um, he's trying to make a massive sea change very, very quickly. I think it embrace uh, some are embracing it. It turns others off. It's polarizing. It's been uh, I will call it rocky to say the least. However, to your point, the program has never been more popular. Uh, you know, since Coach Mack. Um, they sold out their spring game. Ticket sales have been wonderful. You know, there's low expectations for this team this year. The win total is uh, kind of surprisingly low. So, you know, long term, I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be around. This this is one of the great experiments in college football that I've ever seen. 
And I say all of this with very little confidence. I know you want better insight. I just don't have it because I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I think it's, it's a wait and see out there in Boulder yeah. with the win total of three and a half there. He is Nate Craigman. Check him out there at Altitude Sports Radio in Denver. Nate, we appreciate the time, man. Be well. Of course. Thank you, guys. I Thank appreciate you. It. Awesome stuff there from Nate. Yeah, it's the buffs with Dion. It's obviously chaotic what he's doing, but I think that's kind of needed when you have the program in the state that it was in before he got there. The point is, if he can get this program competitive in three years, is he there in year four anyhow? You know, that, that that's kind of the... Yeah. Uh, or, or will he ride it out? And where do they end up? Are they in the Big 12? <laughs> Jeez, that's a whole other thing. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 